Welcome back to the Peace of Mind podcast, where we're returning after quite a long hiatus to discuss all things vegetarian and vegan, from our discoveries to trends to tips on transition. I'm Sarah. And I'm Olivia. Do you guys remember us? Hello again. <laughs> it's only been 14 months. How are you? <laughs> wow. So It's been yeah. a while, man. <laughs> What happened? A little while. Where what did we, we miss? Go? What did we miss? Has anything happened in the last 14 months? Anything of significance in the world? <laughs> it's not It's not like anything crazy has happened specifically in the last four months, right? Wow. Right? Yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Over a year later. Yeah. I mean, so where did we go? Life happened. You know, we both got new jobs. I moved. There was a global pandemic. Stuff happened. <laughs> It was very optimistic of you to say was there. That's great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it is currently a, gl- a global pandemic began. <laughs> so began. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Lingers. We're, we're coming at you from the middle of the global pandemic, actually. Particularly, yeah. Olivia is, is weathering the, the new epicenter, also known as yeah. Florida. Uvula. Florida. <laughs> Sorry, I stole that joke. I stole that joke from Hassan Minaj from the Patriot Act, in case you're wondering. But thank you for that. Yeah. It's so how have you been doing, Sarah? How's life uh, amid the pandemic? What a question. Wow, what a question. Aren't these uncertain times? Are you tired of hearing how uncertain the times are? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, Uh, it, it is so it is like everything's uncertain and it's been uncertain and um yeah. you guys may remember that I, like we had i think we mentioned in an episode that i moved to florida um that feels like wild could not have predicted what's happening now in florida 14 months ago but you know here we are and i think um it just feels like a really great time we've had a lot going on but at the same time we're both constantly at home and it just felt like we needed a little light in our life and a little enjoyment and you know we've been cooking a lot more so some some weeks a lot more some weeks a lot less and we're gonna get into that um but all in all for me for me personally um I I you know I have very little to complain about I am very fortunate I have you know I have a job I'm staying inside I'm wearing my mask and life's All going on point. I yeah and so I my thoughts are going out to everyone who is much more severely affected by COVID-19 than I am so yeah we're just yeah. hoping to bring you you all some distraction some inspiration some cooking motivation today so that's what we're here for and what has not changed is our passion for plant-based food and cooking how's hey, that for a segue <laughs> Love that transition. Are we rusty? I don't know. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just been like, um, it just felt like a good time to bring a little bit of joy and also touch base. I feel like, you know, we're friends having conversations and socializing <laughs> feels like a privilege at this point. So yes, um, wanted to share kind of the crazy the craziness in our own lives and also how we've been adapting our cooking habits amid various levels of quarantine and what um, 
new adventurous things we've tried and what's changed. And I'm sure it's changed for many of you out there. Yeah, absolutely. It's for me, it's been a big roller coaster in terms of my motivation level for cooking. Cause in March, I was super excited to try new recipes for my cookbook. And mm. We're going to try a recipe a week. It's going to be great. And that lasted for a couple weeks. <laughs> and I've been fluctuating kind of between that level of motivation and then cooking Amy's microwave burritos. <laughs> so there's quite a range <laughs> for me, but I don't know. Have you been, have you been mostly cooking? Are you ordering out at all? What, what have you been doing? Um, I think I've been doing a little bit of the same. I've been cooking home a lot more, obviously. And, you know, my partner is also home all the time now. So we've just been, I think what's been shocking is the amount of food that is now required to like feed us and just the amount of groceries we have to get. Um, The amount of food and the amount of dishes. Oh my gosh. Oh, ridiculous. Two people can make an absurd amount of dishes when you're making three meals a day plus snacks from home. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that. <laughs> it's crazy how much the dishwasher, and we're lucky we have a dishwasher, so we run it. Yes. I mean, at least probably twice a day now. It's um, It's been crazy in that sense, but I agree that the motivation is not always there. We try to, um, you know, as safely as possible, order out like once a week from a few local businesses here that we really like. Um, that have some plant-based offerings. I have a particularly favorite burrito joint um, <laughs> that is Good. just, oh, I had it tonight. It was rejuvenating, life restoring. <laughs> um, yeah, I will say the, the food delivery lost its, you know, sparkle for me pretty fast. I was so excited, mm-hmm. like, wow, I can, all these new places are offering delivery options now. Like, let me try this one. But it's all, and, and you know, I'm so, trying to support all the small businesses in my area that are doing local delivery, but like these places aren't set up to do delivery all the time. And so the insulate, like you always have to reheat the food, the insulation's not great. And if, you know, I miss the restaurant. Totally. Aspect yeah. of the food being served hot to you. <laughs> yeah. Is a pathetic, not actual problem, but it <laughs> has led me to cooking more because takeout has lost its appeal for me. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think a lot of the same, a lot of the same. We have a few staple places we'll order takeout from specifically and, you know, try to um, just because we know that, like, they're local and their practices have been safe and, um, yeah. you know, we feel good about that. But, yeah, in the end, we're cooking a lot more, which is great for my wallet, but not always for my soul. Um, <laughs> I don't know, you make some good food. I'm excited to hear about the new food (sighs) you've tried. I mean, yeah, thank you. That's great to hear. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a journey. There's been been highs, there's been lows, and the motivation is definitely not always there. Cooking is always a journey. What are some, have you tried anything new during the course of COVID? Yes, so one of my new favorite things that I'm so happy I discovered is chickpea chocolate chip cookies and also chickpea chocolate chip cookie dough. Ooh, this. okay. Healthy what? bean cookies, people. It's fantastic. I my sister laughed at me because I she posted something about making chocolate chip cookies and I was like, "You inspired me. I made chocolate chip cookies too, but they have chickpeas in them." <laughs> she was like, "Of course they do." But they are so good. So good. Real and I think the recipe I used 
you, there's a lot of these recipes floating around. It, this is a new concept to me, but making cookies with beans, I mean, and there's a lot of recipes floating around, but a lot of them use maple syrup as a sweetener and it is, it's really, it's really amazing. It does. I was worried it would taste hummusy, like in cookie dough form and mm. the final cookie. It, I mean, and, and the cookie dough itself, really fantastic. Chickpea chocolate chip cookie dough. You have a food processor and some chickpeas and like a few other ingredients. Now is that dried, dried chickpeas or cans? Like you can get them out of the can? Yeah, I, yep, I use canned. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sounds, good. sounds very nice. I've been playing around a lot with my existing recipes, I would say, more so than being, a like, that sounds very adventurous and, like, something I have not done in the last four months. <laughs> but I'll say that I've just been, like, trying around new ingredients for various recipes. So, like, for burrito bowls, I've started using... Um, red lentils and I'll like cook those down in, in a veggie broth and then throw in like your traditional seasonings like coriander cumin and paprika and all those you know traditional Tex-Mex taco seasonings mm-hmm. and you just throw in a lot of chili powder a lot of garlic as well and it turns out great it's like a little um I don't know I want to say, like, I don't think it's, like, anything near authentic, so it's, I won't claim that at all, but it tastes, um, it tastes like that kind of ground, that ground beefy flavor they used to get with, like, not great, not great tacos, but, you know, they were, like, (laughs) had that nice kind of earthy taco mix flavor, and some, for some reason, I've just been leaning really heavily into the comfort foods right now. and that's just one of those things where I was like, I really want that flavor. I need to get that somehow. And that's turned yeah. out really well. Yeah, I've my I've been taking advantage of the fact that I have not been commuting anymore since I, I changed to a new job where I had a longer commute than before, but now I'm working from home again. <laughs> so <laughs> I, ha- I don't have that commute. So I I if I'll, you know, scroll through my Instagram feed with which is mostly food bloggers and influencers at this point. And I, the chickpea cookie dough recipe is an example of that where I came across it one night and I was like, I have all these ingredients. We're making it. So that is, I've just been very much on a whim, have not been meal planning at all. Like no prep or planning has gone into much of anything. I'm just, I'm sort of letting the wind take me in, on my cooking adventure <laughs> or letting, letting the influencers take me on my cooking adventure. Um, another recipe that I did that for this week actually was a lemon ricotta pasta where the sauce sort of the ricotta alfredo-y sauce base was cashews and um tofu which Mm. not even that many cashews because i'm always get frustrated with recipes that use a lot of cashews as a base because cashews are super expensive they're really good for creamy alfredo sauce bases for pasta but they're just expensive but this one was i think only a third of a cup of cashews and then and tofu was sort of the other base of the sauce and it was fantastic and lemon juice and lemon uh, zest to kick up that lemony flavor yeah so that was a nice a a nice summery pasta because I wanted to change up from my regular pasta routine and I saw that and with little basil on top lemon ricotta basil pasta that that sounds like a 
that sounds like a revelation because I was just going to say my number one objection to all things cashews is the price. Like that's mm-hmm. it. There's no other reason. Um, <laughs> yep. I think uh, they're obviously great and delicious, but I, they're so cost prohibitive when like a lot of the recipes use, you know, just inordinate yeah, cup amounts at a of time. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's a, that's a really great point. I feel like the other thing that I struggle with a lot in the summertime for some reason is like, I feel like there's just not that, I don't know why, but like a lot of dishes I associate with summer are just not like super veg friendly because you just think of like barbecue and cookouts and things like that. And so I think um, finding like nice summery recipes like that is always great. And I've been um, playing around a lot this summer. It started actually last summer, but you guys didn't get to hear about that because I didn't do a podcast on it. But also (laughs) this summer, uh, really getting into Caribbean food recipes. That has been, for all my people out there that like sweet and savory combos, this is your jam. Key in on this. Um, (laughs) There's like, one of my favorites that I've been making is... It's not like the greatest for you probably, but like who cares? Um, and it's a red beans and rice, um, mango, coconut and red beans situation Ooh, with lime, wow. like lime shavings. And it is, I mean, it's just like, it's sweet, it's savory. What is it? I don't know, but it's <laughs> great. Um, and it's like one of my all time favorites and go to right now um so yeah i think that's like i've just been looking for ways to mix it up in the summertime because i tend to get in ruts of like okay i'll make like a veggie burger and a salad or you know Mm -hmm. grilled veggies yeah i will say for in terms of barbecues that do tend to be very meat heavy and meat centric when you are uh, enjoying them with with omnivores that that is where the plant-based meats come in clutch. And I have had oh, yeah, my share, definitely. I've had my share of Beyond sausages already this summer from the very socially distant, under 10 people, <laughs> two events that I've been to, just disclaimer. <laughs> um, but I brought my own Beyond sausages and like they're so good. They're 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 just so they're easy, they're delicious, they're a treat. You know, I'm not eating them every day, but they are they fit perfectly, like just they fit in seamlessly with those barbecue staples. Mm, for sure. Great tip. Hot tip right there. Yes. Yeah, and I think that. like... Sorry, another okay. thing just occurred to me in terms of what uh, Beyond Sausages are good for. <laughs> um, and <laughs> camping so that is another great socially distant activity that i'm taking advantage of this summer when i can't do much else um but it's a great if you can just have a cooler and something to keep stuff cold if you can have any sort of refrigeration then beyond sausages are great to bring for camping and my sort of go-to for hikes and um outdoor picnics and such has been chickpea salad sandwiches that is a great great summer staple that's super easy and you can change that up you know a lot of uh things go into that that you can kind of switch up based on what's in your what's in your fridge as long as you have the base uh base of chickpeas and some mustard mayo tahini combo is is really the base and then kind of whatever veggies and pickles and onions and it's a really fantastic sandwich so 
I, I actually, so I got that recipe from you and um, <laughs> my parents love it, which has been their. Yes. My know, family loves it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're omnivores, but they love to have that in the summer. It is like really great to have. It's like a cold slider or something. And we yeah. actually find it on Hawaiian rolls again. Not the best for you, but like really great in summary. And I'm just a huge fan of sweet and savory combos. On Hawaiian rolls, it's oof, it's great. I think I'm particularly in this moment. I'm. It's kind of occurring to me uh, that I am seeking like vegan versions of a lot of like comfort foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been. I recently been making like a lot of vegan cornbread. I found very easy recipes for online which was surprised Ooh, yeah. me and you know I'm a southern girl at heart so I'm very picky with my cornbread so it was really <laughs> great to find um some stuff that was up to snuff online there um and I've also been making like a lot of um I've been cheating a little bit and getting like the pre-made jackfruit but I'll make like jackfruit <laughs> sliders you know with some barbecue sauce and then um chili and things like that just kind of fun, hearty comfort foods. You know what you need with that delicious sounding Southern meal is, I don't know if I've shared this recipe with you yet, but from the How Not to Die cookbook, a collard greens and beans recipe that's super easy. It's like a can of black eyed peas, a can of diced tomatoes, a thing of collard greens, a few spices. Fantastic. And would complement that meal perfectly. I brought that to one of the two barbecues that I went to. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. I'll definitely look into that. Um, and then the last thing that I've kind of been adventurous on is just making um, eggplant dishes, which this is very random, but I never used to like eggplant. And then I just, um, grocery stores have kind of been like in and out of various things. And one day, um, my partner just came back with a bunch of eggplant. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> I don't like eggplant and I don't know what I'm going to do with this. So I looked up a bunch of recipes and I ended up finding two that I really liked, which was eggplant curry. Um, And Mm. this kind of like eggplant, vegan eggplant, it wasn't really an eggplant parm, but it it was eggplant parm-esque in that you grilled, you diced the eggplant and kind of pan sheet baked it. And, um, in both cases, you did that prior to making it. So I was able to make both at the same time, which was very convenient. And Ooh, that's yeah, I highly appreciate those moments when you can like prep something the same way so that mm. then you can make multiple different meals out of it. Saves you prep time. And yeah, the eggplant is a fickle beast, but if you can tame it, <laughs> it I'll say the secrets are a little bit of salt like after you chop it to let it dehydrate and let it just sit there in the salt, not too much, like a pinch and just kind of coat it, like toss it in it, let it sit there for like an hour and then it full, it pretty much dehydrates and you can throw it in the oven. No problem. And you won't have that weird. Like I realized the reason I didn't like it was because I just never cooked it well before. Probably. I'm in that so. same boat. I, I'm going to use these tips and I want uh, particularly that the eggplant curry recipe because I also don't really like eggplant. I have never tried cooking with it, but in my experience when I've had it at restaurants, it's been the eggplant parm at Italian restaurants that is usually given not as much 
care and the love clearly some of the other dishes and it's usually mm-hmm. chewy it's chewy and dry or too thin or you know yeah I just I don't think I've had it cooked well so I would I would absolutely entertain uh taming the fickle beast that is eggplant as you so eloquently <laughs> put it <laughs> it really is though it's like I realized I just I was like oh I've just never had this cooked well before yeah. so this is this is what's been happening. So I highly recommend eggplant haters. I was also an eggplant hater. Give it a shot. Be patient with it. Just give it that little salt. Not too much. Just a little bit. Just enough. And it makes a huge difference. I will try that. I will circle back and give you all my the, the honest truth, if that, if that works. <laughs> the honest truth. Oh, God. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> going to get a message. I'm like, excited. The next episode, I hate eggplant. Follow up. <laughs> I still hate eggplant. No, I think I bet. Uh, I'm excited to try that. Thank you for that tip. So yeah. for for when you're not feeling the motivation to experiment and try new things and use up some of your time with with cooking, what are the what are some summer staples that you've been returning to and are the core of your weekly yeah. cooking routines? Yeah, I would say anything, like, I don't really have, I just get in kind of these random periodic ruts of, like, five dishes that I'll make, but it rotates in and out. I would say it's Mm -hmm. sadly not very season-dependent, so, like, I will make things (laughs) that are wholly inappropriate for summer, like chilies and, like, kind of hot soups and whatnot, but... That is shocking to me. I don't, especially since you're in Florida, I don't know how you are consuming soup right now. (laughs) whatever man it's Wild. always hot here so you just <laughs> fair good point we only have one season so yeah what's eating seasonally <laughs> time does not dictate what my taste buds desire um yeah oh, it's man. yeah like any dish that I can just like chop the veggies and throw it in whether it's the oven pot crock pot and cook it all together it just reduces the time I spend in the kitchen and um so yeah, one pot dishes are very popular in my household, like sheet pan, <laughs> where I can like bake the tofu and the vegetables at the same time. And oops, the rice is also going and we're just going to throw it in a bowl. And like, that's pretty, Delicious. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you call that, but like, you know, stir fries of that situation where mm-hmm. they're either in like a pan, a pot, soups are very popular for me for that reason, because I can just like yeah. chop it throw it in the pot, let it go. Um, yeah, those are definitely my favorite staples. How about you? One that I have been enjoying a lot the last few weeks is, I need to give this a better name, but I'm calling it, right now I'm calling it Not Overnight Cold Oats because that's the most <laughs> descriptive of what it actually is, but it sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds terrible. And by that I mean, so it's basically your your average when people say overnight oats, like, you know, a cup of, a cup of rolled oats with soy milk, almond milk, whatever your favorite plant milk is, with some cinnamon, some nuts and seeds topped with fruit. That's just kind of like my, the basic uh, overnight oats formula. And then you put that in the fridge in a jar or whatever, and let it sit overnight to kind of soak and soften the oats. So then, then you eat it the next morning instead of cooking hot oatmeal, since it's hot outside and not wanting hot breakfast. But I, for some reason, cannot get into the routine or have not been good about remembering to make them the night before. So, and since I'm working from home, what I've been doing is making it as soon as I get up and then just sticking it in the fridge for an hour 
that's all the soaking that the oats really need. That that takes care of it. And so I've been enjoying it at like 10 in the morning and You've it's cracked great. The code. I've cracked, cracked the, code the code of not having to wait an entire night to make cold oats. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've revealed their secrets and now the overnight oats people are going to come after you. Like yeah. But I hope this helps some people who are as lazy as me and who are like, I can't, I don't want to prepare anything. I feel like before. for some reason I just have more motivation right when I wake up. Like that's when I'll empty the dishwasher, I'll prep some, prep some oats, let them sit in the fridge. Cause I'm also not super hungry right when I get up. And so by the time they've sat for an hour in the fridge, they're soft enough and it tastes like they were sitting in there overnight. So there you go. Yeah. Hack for your overnight oats when you forgot to make them last night. You're welcome. <laughs> that's that's a good one that sounds like a very also morning person-y hack which I um resent a little bit but that's okay um, <laughs> I think that uh I'm I think that will be appreciated. it's weird has has that started to transition in the wake of working from home again or you just like because for me it's kind of the opposite now I'm kind of like now that I don't have outside obligations you know I'm shifting I've time shifted a lot to where I'm waking up a little bit later in the mornings and I've definitely like my eating schedule is like way off. I don't know what pandemic eating is, but it's not <laughs> like, it's not your typical timely. Um, <laughs> at least yeah. for me, I'm like, Oh, it's been two hours since I ate time to eat again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been interesting because I'm not like I'm not hungry in the morning until 10 so my everything has definitely been bumped back where I eat, eat breakfast at about 10 lunch at about two and then dinner later in the evening um but yeah I think it's I mean it's because I got so much time back that I was spending commuting and I stayed on pretty much the same wake up schedule I mean even later I did I, I, I can wake up a full hour later and still have an hour now before I have to like be at my desk so I'm just really enjoying getting to spend that leisurely time where it's not super early and I'm not forcing myself to wake up super early, but I can still have a pleasant morning because I don't have to commute. Benefits of working. Mm. Huge benefits, huge benefits. So I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one that's like completely thrown off their eating schedule, although you're no, like it's much more reasonable weird. than mine, <laughs> um, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I think for the mornings I've been obsessed with I, you know, I love just making these little oatmeal balls and like putting them in the freezer. Um, and I just make them out of like oats and peanut butter and bananas and smash them up as like the primary ingredients. And then you can throw in whatever else you like. Wait, like, if and, you the, like. and then you cook it like oatmeal and then put it in the freezer or you just mash that I all said, together? Listen, I was trying to skirt over that, but I said oatmeal. I meant <laughs> oat balls. <laughs> but thank you for highlighting that. <laughs> It's quite confusing. I'm sorry. I was like, how does this work? Is this some magic I don't know about putting some oatmeal in the freezer? <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah. So yeah. oats, you take oats, just plain oats, and you you take like Rolled a semi-right. Right. Or steel cut. I've done both. Um, really? You've made? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I thought steel cut would be too like gritty and chewy if you don't cook them first, but you that's... You're, no, because, like, you smash the banana, and that kind of, like, has a lot of moisture in it. And sometimes if I have right, steel coat, okay. I'll throw, like, maybe a splash of a plant-based milk in there just to, you know, soften it up a little bit. Um, and then 
your favorite peanut butter and then you can throw other things that you want in there if you like chocolate chips or I like to throw some spices in there sometimes of like your cinnamon nutmeg situations um, and just have that in the morning and it's so efficient. It's so, it's like cold, it's efficient. Mm -hmm. It's like there, you can make them, when you make it, you end up making like six or seven at a time generally because one banana takes like several cups of oats to make like into a little ball. So I think, yeah, it's just efficient and it's probably, I'm not a morning person, self-avowed. So it's one of my favorite things to just be able to like grab and nom in the mornings without (laughs) actually putting in very little to no effort to make it in the mornings. So yeah, it's been an ongoing staple. That sounds like it's going to be making an appearance in my rotation. Thank you for that suggestion. I've also just been, because fruit is in so much more fruit is in season now than in all the other seasons where I live. So I've been, and watermelon is my all-time favorite fruit. So I've been downing about a watermelon a week at this rate. <laughs> a, a healthy amount. It's, yeah, it's spaced it out. It's so good. I, could, I mean, I could eat it forever. It's amazing. I don't know. It's, yeah, I have a, I don't think you can have an unhealthy obsession with watermelon because it's so good for you. So Benefits all around, but a pro tip about watermelon that I just recently discovered is the the full watermelon is edible, including the rind, and you can pickle the rind or you can juice the rind are kind of the top two recommendations I've seen. I've also seen like stir fry recipes, which I'm skeptical of, and that sounds more difficult, so I'm going to stick with the with juicing it because I have a juicer, and the flavor you get is just, it's so good, like just all I juiced was just, I had so much watermelon rind left. I stuck it all in a bag in the, in the fridge until I was ready to juice it. And it has a nice, just light watermelon flavor. It's still sweet, but just not nearly as, if you, if you juiced the flesh of a watermelon, it would be really, uh, really very sweet, strong watermelon tasting. And the rind is just a much milder flavor. And with a little bit of lemon, it's perfect. My other new discovery for watermelon is for the, the flesh, when you're like, when you cube it up and you're having it in a bowl, squirting lime on top of it. Um, I'm calling that nature's Sour Patch Kids because you get the whole like <laughs> punch of sour and then it's sweet. It's the best. I love watermelon. <laughs> that's, that sounds, that's, I never really thought about the rind being edible before. That's crazy. That changes my whole like mentality of the rind. Mm-hmm. I want to pickle it now that I've seen that you can do that. <laughs> that sounds crazy to me, but crazy enough that I would I would try it if you did it. So if you do it, <laughs> let me know. I'll ship you some. You're the you're the only person I know that would like take the effort to like pickle or ferment something by hand. So like I rely on you for all that adventurous area of my food life. Yeah. So if anyone has been getting on the bandwagon of baking bread or trying all these new random cooking trends, go pick up some watermelon rind, tell us how it goes. And maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll try it too. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's just, I've never thought of it in a stir fry either. That's crazy. Cause I, I mean, know. Mm-hmm. that's like another staple of mine is just stir fries because they're very easy. And um, one thing I've been playing with during the pandemic is just like kind of getting more adventurous with the types of sauces I make with the stir fry. Ooh, um, yes. To, that's so crucial. That's it. like what makes a stir fry, right? It's just you get a good makes, sauce. Or yeah. breaks it. Or um, <laughs> breaks it. True. And 
And uh, recently we had a really good hit, though. Um, my partner brought back, I think it was from like an H Mart or some other Asian food store. Um, it, I was very skeptical. Listen, I was super skeptical, but I was wrong. Preserved <laughs> mushrooms. It's like preserved mushrooms in like a chili paste. Oh. And it is so good. If you like mushrooms and you like a little bit of heat, it is like the best flavoring to top a stir fry, a bowl of like stir fry with rice. It's so delicious. Is that what it's called? If I'm looking for it in a store, preserved mushrooms. Yeah. It, it, the jar just says preserved mushrooms on it. So that's all right. That's all I have to tell you. I couldn't tell you the brand name. <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything. This is what I offer. I give you random tidbits that I have no way for you to look it up. But, you know, good luck. It I exists. Can, I could go on that. Okay. Yeah, it's in, it's in like, I'll a chili paste. It's in, like, a chili paste. It's preserved in, like, red chili. And, like, it's not as spicy as it sounds, though. It's just, like, a little, I would say a medium, mild to medium heat. But it's, like, oh, man, it's so great with, like, a ginger kind of base in the okay. like, I was gonna ask is it is it thick like are you do you have to thin it down with other stuff or is that really most of the sauce is this I would say you don't even put it I've just put like a little teaspoon on like the actual bowl that I'm having of okay. stuff and it's it's a very powerful flavor but it is so good if you like mushrooms clarify if you don't like mushrooms it's not great but <laughs> Well, that makes sense. Being preserved <laughs> mushrooms. I think you would have to like them. <laughs> yeah. Good it seems know. obvious, but, you know, some people will say, you never know. Be like, well, so, I tried it and I didn't like it. I'm like, well. Fair caveat. <laughs> you do have to generally like the foods we're talking about in order to like these <laughs> recipes and combinations. <laughs> no, you can, uh, never, you can never add too much caveating anymore is what I've learned, so. There you go. That's that's very true. Very yeah. true. I have one more summer uh, tip that I've been starting to add to my, I wouldn't, you can't even call this really cooking routine, but for, I've been starting to ride a bike more, which has been super fun. I just bought my first bike, not like, you know, oh, so jealous. as that's an nice. adult, you know, the first bike I've owned as an adult and yeah, I'm very excited about it. We have some great trails near us and you, but it's, it gets so hot so soon now that my partner and I have decided, like, he only wants to go on in the mornings, but he won't go before work because that's too early. So, like, weekend mornings, nine-ish. So, neither of us are really hungry for breakfast at that point. And, but also, I don't, I mean, if we're going to be going on a bike ride for an hour or two, and it's going to get hotter and hotter, you know, you want to hydrate, you want to get a little fuel, even if you're not hungry before you go. So what I've made now for us a couple times that we're both really enjoying is sort of this uh, hydration pre-outdoor workout, <laughs> pre-hot outdoor workout drink. Um, if you don't like eating breakfast, I would recommend this a lot. So it's two cups of soy milk and specifically soy milk because it's higher in protein than other plant milks. Um, hemp seeds, one frozen ripe banana, cinnamon, about a tablespoon of ground flax seeds, Oats, if you want, as again, for a little more protein and some carbs and just a little bit to thicken it up. And then a date optional for extra sweetness. But if your banana's ripe, I didn't, you, we have not found that we needed um, dates for it. 
but you want to make the the soy milk the majority of it so that it's really liquidy and not like a thick smoothie because i usually most of my other smoothies i pack with a bunch of stuff and so this is more of a, a very liquidy smoothie type drink but that packs in you know some healthy fats carbs and protein before you're going to go out but it doesn't feel like you're eating and filling up on a breakfast that sounds awesome i will have to give that a try i have been struggling to um during this time with lack of gym access and it is july in florida <laughs> um i don't know if you guys know this but it's hot <laughs> all the time you should try this it's it's yeah. so refreshing it's light and refreshing and because I've struggled with like if I do a morning run, I'm like, oh, do I, do I eat and then yeah. I go, or do I? But like, it's a really risky game when you're playing with ninety plus degrees in the morning. Absolutely. Yep. So it's a delicate dance, and I am willing to try <laughs> it with that. <laughs> it is a delicate dance. I'm with you. No, I I usually prefer to run. Uh, like fasted without having eaten anything in the morning, but I can only do that if I'm running like a couple miles, you know, if I'm bike riding for an hour or, you know, any substantially longer amount of time than 20 minutes, <laughs> basically, then you need, I found I need more fuel than. Oh yeah. The struggle is also real. Like summertime running is rough as it is. So I think the, the, that is a great tip as far as some, a tummy settling, tummy friendly, thing that can fuel you for a little while. I like that. Awesome. Do you have any other any other foods to mention before we wrap well, this up? Oh, I'm so I'm so enjoying talking to you. I'm so glad we're back, back. at this. Yes. Yeah, it's been back. really nice. I mean, I mine's so basic. I don't have anything like fancy <laughs> like you, but um I fancy. Oh, you I haven't. <laughs> I, I will be. I will say like one thing that I've been doing a lot because I've just felt like bored a little bit with a lot of the stuff that I'm making is I'll switch up the grains a lot. So I've been doing a lot more with quinoa and barley. Trying to do a little less with rice and see like what I come up with. Mm. Um, and so like I'll be doing one of my favorite things to make that's like quick and easy with golden quinoa is. Um, and I don't remember where the recipe is from, but you can find it online. It's like a Southwest quinoa bowl. And it's literally just like you heat up your black beans from a can. You throw them in with the cooked quinoa, throw in a salsa and some canned corn and you heat it all up. And it's actually really good and it's really easy and you can put it in wraps and it's like just uh, a nice go-to um, quick I'm working from home lunch and I need to make something in like 10 minutes or that's amazing. Like that. That's so similar to a quinoa recipe that I make. And I would probably, and the salsa is such a great hack for that. Cause I add like three different spices and you know, it's good when you have the time to add those spices and cut some mine, like some cilantro or green onions or just throw in salsa. Like that's perfect. And so fast. <laughs> yes. I'm going to use that. Thank you. You're welcome. We mo we mostly do this podcast to give tips to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's a great excuse for that. I love it. Well, we hope this is helpful uh, to to some of you for either some some cooking inspiration or motivation or just uh, you know whatever you enjoy from this podcast. We hope you got that out of this, and we hope that you are all doing well and weathering these crazy crazy times. 
So thank you for joining us on our on our lovely little our lovely little podcast over here. We so appreciate you listening. And if you're struggling with either you know wanting to cook or either having t- more time or not having time, if you're an essential worker, you know whatever works for you right now. That's the other thing is just give yourself a break. You know, it's cook new stuff if it's enjoyable and stress relieving for you. And if not prioritizing that weekly meal prep will, you know, save you some stress, then do what works for you. You know, that's what I'm trying to give myself a break and realizing like, you know, it's okay. And I'm, it's, (laughs) I don't need to be, I don't need to love cooking all the time. I can do it when I'm, when I am in the zone and I'm enjoying it. And then if I'm not, then I'll make my staples. I'll get, you know, I'll revert back to my routine stuff and I won't force it. So that's my plan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agree with Sarah on that point. Also like hats off to people that are um, part of the essential workforce right now. It's just totally insane. You're amazing. You're heroes. Whatever you do is the right thing to do. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I think there's something therapeutic about, for me at least, like sticking to routines and like whether that for you might be meal prepping or it might be like, I have five things that I like to make or are easy for me to make and that's the best thing to get you through right now. There is something to that, having that routine and that reliability. Trying new recipes can be something fun to do, especially like I've found you're feeling like COVID is just limiting your options of trying new things or getting out of, you know, your mental rut or your physical rut. Um, and I think it's been fun for that, but absolutely. If you're not feeling it, don't force it. And I think the motivation isn't always going to be there, especially right now. And that's okay. I think above all, we should have fun with our food. Even if it's a frozen meal, that's like giving you more me time in the evenings. I think that is also a way to have fun with your food <laughs> you I know it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. always have to be like oh I made this amazing thing and I'm trying these new I th- I've just seen a lot of posts of people like picking up new skills and a lot of that is culinary skills and habits and yeah I think whatever makes you happy and fulfilled right now that's what you need to do so we definitely want to hear from you guys about this it's been it's been a wild time. It's been a while since you heard from us, and a lot of things have happened. <laughs> have your cooking habits changed at all amid the pandemic? We'd love to hear about your experience. You can still email us at peaceofmindpodcast at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at peaceofmindpod on Twitter or Instagram. And if you're enjoying the show, let us know. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our show. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Yay! We'll catch you next time. And we promise it won't be 14 more months. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out.